good morning, Kettleburg family. Well, my name is Dan Kelm. I'm, I'm the site pastor for our Kiwaskum location. And uh, if you're visiting with us this morning, I just want to say welcome. Uh, I, I believe what I had heard is that Troy and Steph Lather are on their way, making their way back uh, from Chad, Africa. I don't know what, where they would be at this point in their journey. Um, but so what we've been doing in this series is uh, we've had this series called Life on the Vine, and we've been walking through this, this journey of Lent together. And uh, this morning we really come to the heart of it. And uh, we come to the heart of what it means and what does it look like to live life on the vine, a life plugged into Jesus. And, and I love the imagery that Jesus uses, a vine and its branches. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's simple, it's poetic, it's memorable, uh, but, but more than anything, it's very practical. And, and I love that. And I'm hoping that this morning we can all really dig deep into the words of Jesus and this very practical, life-giving message. Um, so I, I've got a quick question. Did, did anybody get a chance to maybe like take a walk around like noon to 3 p.m. on Friday? Right? High of 63. It was glorious. Yeah, that's gone. Um, <laughs> and then remember back like a month ago in February where we had that like high of 70? So I don't know what you guys did, but what I did was I, I did a couple walk-arounds around my yard, and, and my mind does what it always starts to do when spring weather hits. I, st- I start to dream, and I was just like, oh, okay. So I start thinking landscaping and some yard cleanup, and then I also kind of start thinking gardening, uh, and, and I love to garden. And of course, you know, all of our dreams have been dashed for the last several weeks there, but spring weather will officially come, and when it does, I, I'm excited to do some of gardening around my house. Um, And now, so I don't have a formal garden. I have a pot garden. Now, last week when I said that in Kewaskum, there were some folks that grew up in the 60s um, that kind of questioned me afterwards. So I don't know what you guys are thinking. It's not that kind of pot garden. Mine is about 20 different pots that make up my garden, all right? (laughs) And so uh, what I primarily grew were tomatoes last year, and my my tomatoes blew up, uh, so much so that I actually had neighbors and other people asking me, what did I do? How did I do it? And I don't think I did anything that was particularly unique. Uh, I I think I did what any uh, gardener does. I, uh, I tilled the soil. I dug in deep. Uh, I pulled the weeds and I pruned the suckers. Uh, and, and, you know, to be honest, it always takes some work. And actually, I, I brought in some of my, my work tools with me here today. So um, I've, uh, let's see, these are primarily what I use. I've got just a little, you know, hand hoe to kind of till up the soil because um, sometimes it gets a little hard. And then I've just got a little, you know, hand shovel, a little hand trowel here to kind of dig in deep to put the seeds in or sometimes a, a plant that I started. And then I've got this thing, uh, whatever this thing is called, but this is, you know, what you use to pluck out the weeds. And then um, I've got my little pruning, pruners here. Um, now, granted, I actually use my hands more than I use this thing. Um, and then, last of all, I've got my work gloves, right? Because it all takes a little bit of work. And doing all that leads to healthy plants that bear fruit. But, yeah, and even though I refuse to believe it, tomatoes are a fruit, so... Well, Jesus uses the imagery of gardening to help us understand what life in him looks like. Uh, Life on the vine, 
true life, healthy life, and a fruit-bearing life. And I want to dig into that this morning. And so if you have a Bible with you, I'd love for you to pull that out. And we're going to be looking at John chapter 15. If you don't have a Bible, there are some in the seats, um, underneath some of the seats in front of you. So feel free to grab one of those, uh, one of those brown Bibles. And in the brown Bibles, we're going to be on page 764. And we're going to be looking at John chapter 15. And we're just going to be looking at verses 1 through 4. Starting with verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Well, before we go any further, let's take a moment to pray and just ask the Spirit to open up our hearts to his word. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, I, I love uh, Brandon's joke about uh, prayer is just something I think we're supposed to do a lot of. And Father, I thank you for the opportunity that we get to do just that, that we get to speak to you. We don't need to go through a high priest. Uh, We don't need to have sacrifices. Jesus Christ was our sufficient sacrifice that we can now go to you because of him. And so we ask this morning that you'd open up our our hearts, that you would um, till some soil, um, that you'd maybe break away any hardness, and that you would just make our hearts soft and able to hear your word from Scripture, the words of Jesus, that they would be planted firmly in our hearts and would grow And we know that we need your Holy Spirit to do that. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be working in this place, that you'd be working through each of us corporately and individually. Uh, And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, there's two things that are going on up front in this passage that that I want to, I think, that need to be seen. And the first is that Jesus doesn't just call himself the vine. He calls himself the true vine. And this isn't the first time in Scripture that the image of the vine has been used. Uh, in fact, throughout the Old Testament, God uses the image of the vine as a metaphor for Israel, his people. And he uses the image of the gardener, the vine dresser, for himself. Uh, but what we see in the book of Isaiah is that even though God, the vine dresser, tends his vine, Israel, they produce only sour fruit, sour grapes. Uh, They don't produce good fruit. And and throughout the New Testament, Jesus is presented to us as the true Israel. The one through whom we truly connect to God. He is the vine, and the branches, those that are connected to him, bear good fruit because of him. And the second thing that uh, we need to see up front is that there's a cutting off of, of those that don't bear fruit. God was willing to cut out of those from Israel that were fruitless, and especially those that rejected his son. Uh, and instead, he grafted in the Gentiles who believed in Jesus. So there's, there's a little bit of a debate uh, whether this language of cutting off is, is just pointing back to the, to the Jewish people, or if they're saying that there are some who, like Judas, 
who were with Jesus or claim to follow Jesus uh, who will be cut off because they don't bear fruit because they never truly believed in him. They never truly followed him. But either way, we are led to a single understanding of what those who follow Jesus are supposed to do. Bear fruit. Uh, And this is what I'd like us to focus on. Uh, basically, in regard to bearing the fruit that Jesus is going to be talking about later in chapter 15, I, I think it comes down to this simple phrase, that God works in us so that he can work through us. Let me say that again. It, God works in us so that he can work through us. And the main thing, that's really the main thing I want us to understand this morning That when we remain and abide in Jesus, God works in us. And the result of that is that he then works through us. We bear fruit. Our hearts are changed and our actions are changed. And I think from this passage what we see is that there are three ways that we remain and abide in Jesus. That we remain in the word, we remain in the body, and we remain open to pruning. And I actually want to extend this, this imagery of, of gardening, and I want to run these kind of purposely backwards from the way that we see them in the text. Uh, because, of course, with, with gardening, what does it do? It always starts with a seed. Uh, and then once your seed is grown into a plant and starts to grow flowers, those need to be pollinated. And then once that's happened, fruit begins to grow, but so do little shoots and suckers that need to be pruned. And in this teaching and remaining in him, Jesus talks about the word, he talks about, he talks to the disciples in plural, and he talks about pruning. And so we remain in Jesus when we remain in the word, remain in the body, and remain open to pruning. And what happens through this process when we remain in Jesus is that God works in us so that he can work through us. And it starts with a seed. Uh, Jesus often refers to the gospel as a seed, a seed that's planted within us. And we understand the gospel, the, the good news, to be the person and work and words of Jesus Christ. And when we remain in Jesus, we remain in the word. So Jesus told his disciples in verse 3 that they were already clean because of the word he had spoken to them. So Jesus' words give life. Believing in Jesus' words makes us clean, purifies our hearts, prepares us for fruit, and changes us from within. And more than that, John even starts his gospel by calling Jesus himself the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ Jesus is the one whom all of Scripture points to. So God's words, Scripture, bring life. It's a light in the darkness. It's a lamp onto our feet. It cuts to the heart. It's living and active. It's, it teaches and rebukes and trains. And it leads us to Jesus. And the best part is, in Scripture, we have the very words and teachings of Jesus. Now, have you ever had that where uh, you have read so much uh, about someone that you, you feel like you know them? And then have you ever had that where you get the chance to see them on TV or perhaps even meet them in person and you're like, whoa, that is not what I thought they'd be like at all. 
Uh, I've had that on, on a few occasions. All right, don't, please don't laugh at this, but um, back before I met my wife, Cherise, um, I met a girl online on a Christian chat room. I know. Now, to be fair, uh, I wasn't there trying to look for a girl. Um, I was. Uh, I just happened to get in a conversation about a missions training school um, and that I'd been a part of, and we just kept talking and talking. And it turned out she was from Denmark, and and so uh, over, we never ended up talking on the phone. Then we just kept writing emails back and forth. But we did this over a, a series of years, several years that we're writing back and forth. And after all this writing back and forth, we're kind of wondering, huh? Is there something there? Um, and, and so, you know, we, we thought we knew each other fairly well, and so I decided to fly out to Denmark to see if there was something that was actually there. Uh, and it was a little bit weird at first. Uh, it was kind of like meeting somebody for the first time that you knew better than anybody else. Uh, and so it actually took a little bit of time, but we kind of realized that actually, no, that there wasn't anything there. We were, we were great friends. But we were sort of reading between the lines of the emails and making the other out to be more of a, a character that we wanted them to be rather than knowing the true person. Well, before our passage in John 14, this is what Jesus says. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. We remain and abide in Jesus when we spend time in the Word of God, in the words of Jesus, because the Spirit makes them alive in us and to us. They're not like the dead words of a book or an email. They are living words that lead us to the living Jesus and to the heart of the Father. They're a seed planted in our heart that grows by the Spirit. And we're cleaned and prepared for fruit when we remain and abide in Jesus by remaining in the Word. And we also remain in Jesus when we remain plugged into the body of Christ. Every time that we see the word you in this passage, it's plural. Remain in me as I remain in you guys. There's always this plurality in following Jesus. He gave us the church so that we can discover him together. We're given different gifts to be useful to one another and useful in building God's kingdom together. And one of the other uh, types of plants that I grow are pumpkins. And, uh, and last year my pumpkin plants were enormous. But um, the funny thing was I only had a few pumpkins. Uh, the, the plants were spread all over and just had all these pretty flowers, uh, but those flowers never turned into fruit. Well, vegetables. The problem was, these flowers weren't being pollinated. They needed to intermingle. Jesus is speaking in plural. He almost always does. Well, we certainly can know and find Jesus on our own, there's, there's an intention and even a teaching toward doing it together. The author of Hebrews says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not giving, give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So we're able to remain in Jesus better when we remain in the body of Christ. 
And last, we remain in Jesus when we remain open to pruning. And this one's huge. Verse 2 says, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Every branch that does bear fruit. And probably my greatest trick for uh, gardening is, is ripping off the suckers. And if you don't know what a sucker is, I've got some pictures here. So there's a little sucker. See, it's got the main plant kind of going to the two sides, and a little sucker grows in the middle. And then I've got another picture here. You've got you know, a little sucker, and then you've got a big sucker. See there? <laughs> so the suckers are sideways energy. The plant literally spends energy on creating offshoots, which steal energy from bearing fruit. I didn't want tomato plants. I wanted tomatoes. As a gardener, sometimes I needed to step in and redirect the plant's energy, redirect its focus. So instead of spreading itself out far and wide, it was best situated for its purpose to bear fruit. But Jesus isn't talking about plants, is he? He's talking about us. And God works in us so that he can work through us. He wants us to bear fruit. That's what disciples do. That's our purpose. And there's a submission process that needs to happen in pruning. I've recently come to appreciate uh, Pastor Jeff Vanderstelt's definition of discipleship. And, and this here is how he puts it. Discipleship is leading others to increasingly submit all of life to the empowering presence and lordship of Jesus Christ. Submit all of life. It's easy to call Jesus Savior, but it's difficult to call him Lord. Calling him Lord means that we are yielding ourselves and submitting ourselves over to him and his wisdom in the pruning process of our lives. We're choosing to open our lives to Jesus to allow God to snip away those things that will either be sideways energy or even those things that bring death so that we can bear fruit. And if, if all this sounds difficult or maybe possibly painful, you're right. And yet this is Jesus' promise to all of us who are bearing fruit. It's not a punishment. It's a refinement. It's a cleansing to bear more fruit. And look at what the Apostle Peter says. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. The pruning process is part of knowing Jesus, abiding and remaining with Jesus. It's part of what it takes to call him Lord. Remaining in Jesus means we're remaining open to pruning. So we've been created to bear fruit. Created to bring God glory. That's our purpose. And we can't do it apart from the vine, apart from Jesus. By abiding and remaining in Jesus, God works in us so that he can work through us, so we can bear fruit. Well, that all sounds great, but it's never easy. Uh, and there's some pain in the process. Uh, when I 
till up the soil, um, you know, it, it, it rips it up. And, and when, I, when I dig in for the weeds, you know, there's, some, there's some tearing of, uh, that happens. And, and when I rip those suckers off, uh, it leaves a little wound. And it's a much smaller wound if I catch the sucker while it's still little, uh, but it's a bigger wound if the sucker is left for a while. But it's all necessary for growth, for bearing fruit. And all this takes work. But remember, you're not the gardener. You're not even the plant. You're the branch. It's God who works in us and who works through us. And this happens when we abide and remain in Jesus. And this is what life on the vine looks like. We remain in Jesus to bear fruit. The very thing that we're called to do as followers of Christ. And we remain in him through remaining in the word, remaining in the body, and remaining open to pruning. And Jesus promises that by abiding and remaining in him, we will bear fruit. And it will be God who does it in us. There is no other way for it to happen. God works in us so that he can work through us. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, I, I thank you for our utter need to rely on you. It is all because of you. It is all through you. It is all for you. Help us understand Jesus' practical words. Help us understand that it's not on our reliance, uh, but it's on reliance in you of being plugged in and remaining in Jesus. Father, we thank you for your great word and we ask that it would find fertile soil in our hearts. And uh, we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. We're blessed with this Lenten season to pause and examine and refocus uh, what it looks like to abide and remain in Jesus. And I think that there's some good questions that we can ask ourselves and and reflect on. And and I do invite you actually now to kind of take a moment. Uh, The the band's here going to be playing. And and I invite you to ask yourself a a series of questions that I'm going to go through. Um, And ask the Spirit really to work in your hearts Uh, as I go through these questions to see if any of those resonate with what he might be wanting to speak to you. And so uh, please bow your heads and and pray with me through this. Father, we want to ask some questions of you and we want to ask them in a personal way. And so I ask that for each of us, um, you would enable us to ask these questions honestly to you. Am I remaining in the word? Am I making time for scripture? Time to be regularly in your word? Am I making time to abide with Jesus, to remain in him by engaging him through the living word? Am I remaining plugged in to the body of Christ? Attending the gathering is a great thing, but am I truly plugging into other Christ followers? 
letting them see my life and be able to speak into it. Abiding with Jesus by embracing his church that he created for us to experience him together. What does my calendar look like? What dominates it? Is it sports or work or kids' events? Do those things come at the expense of plugging into a small group or a discipleship group or any other opportunity where Christ is calling me to grow? And am I remaining open to pruning? If discipleship means submitting all of life, that means nothing is off limits. And am I letting the Spirit speak into all areas of my life? Is anything off limits to Him? Am I listening to what He's saying? Am I letting other Christ followers see and speak into all areas of my life? Those areas I might rather keep hidden. Where am I wasting sideways energy? Where am I producing bad fruit? What needs to be pruned from my life? Am I increasingly submitting all of life to Jesus? And am I bearing fruit? Father, we ask that you would help us wrestle with these questions and that your spirit would put some of them specifically on our mind that we need to wrestle with, to deal with, to work through with you. We pray this in the name of Jesus.